Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is February the 6th, and our chapter for today is Exodus chapter 11. The time for the final blow has come. God said enough is enough, and he is going to kill all of the firstborn in all of Egypt. So let's read the text together. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. God said, not only is he going to let you go, but he is going to thrust you out of the land. You see, God can create thirst in someone's life to accomplish his will. I was in Nashville in 1975, and I had just been saved, and God had called me to preach, and I was hungry for the Word. W.A. Criswell had come to Belmont University to preach the evangelism conference for the Baptist of Tennessee, and a dear friend said, will you go? I believe that you would be blessed, and when I heard Criswell's name, I knew that I had heard of him, that he was a great preacher, but that's all I knew. Well, that trip absolutely God used to change my life because I ended up studying at the Crystal College. I was Dr. Crystal's first intern from his college, and the rest is history. But it was an interesting time in my life, and I remember an incident that happened when I went to Nashville which, by the way, Nashville was the farthest west I had ever been before I left in 1976 to go to school in Texas. And so, as you could tell, I was not a world traveler. Nonetheless, I was listening with everyone else, and there were some friends of mine up in the balcony at that beautiful auditorium, and I was down as close to the front row as I could get, and I would turn around wave at them from time to time. I told you I didn't get out very much, but Dr. Criswell started preaching, and I remember he got up after a man from New York, a black man called Gardner Taylor. And, oh, he had preached the stars down. And I just thought that was the best I'd ever heard. And Dr. Criswell got up, and he was preaching on the same text that Dr. Gardner Taylor had just preached on. And I never will forget that Dr. Criswell said, my dear brother has been so generous because he has left some gleanings in the edge of the field. And Dr. Criswell preached, I'm telling you, it enraptured me. I was enthralled. I was taken aback at the intellectual stimulation, the emotional stimulation, the appeal to my spirit of his preaching, just straight expository exegetical preaching that blessed my heart so much. But as Dr. Crystal was preaching, 
He said, well, you know that old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And one of my friends yelled out from the balcony, salt him. Well, that was true. You see, you can lead a horse to a river and you can stick his head in the water and he won't drink. But you let him lick enough salt and he'll go to that river by himself and try to drink it dry. You see, that's what God does sometimes in not only our lives as his children, but those who are not his children. God can create an appetite for whatever it is. You see, this is what God was doing with these plagues. He not only wanted Moses and the children of Israel to get out of Egypt and let him lead them to the promised land, but he wanted it to be a strong and mighty hand that he brings them out with, and indeed he did. And he got Pharaoh just where he needed him to be. So Pharaoh not only asked them to leave, but the Bible says he thrust them out. He was begging them to leave. You see, God can get us to the point to where we are hungering and thirsting for what he wants, even for people who do not know him. That's right. You see, God can turn the heart of any person by giving them exactly what they need. And that's what he did with Pharaoh. Pharaoh hardened his heart. God said, listen, this is what I'm going to use your hard heart to get you to the point to where you're going to do what I say for you to do. Because you see, God is God. I know what some of you are thinking. Well, if that's the case, why doesn't he save everybody? And the reason is, is because Again, God is God, and he wants us to love him. And some people are hell-bent. They are going to jump over every obstacle that God puts up, everything that God tries to do. They're going to run the other way. You see, nobody is going to go to hell against their will. Nobody's going to be separated from God throughout eternity against their will. Everybody that goes to hell is going there because they've chosen to go there and they have walked through God only knows how many barriers and jumped over and kicked down doors that God tried to keep them from going that way, but they were determined, they were bent to go that way. And no matter what God did, they would fight against it. And so many times, yes, that horse that I was just talking about has more sense, has more about them than many men and women simply because they will follow what is best. And that is exactly what Pharaoh was about to experience. God said, I want my people to go. And he got Pharaoh to the point to where Pharaoh was wanting them to go, and he was wanting them out more than anyone in Egypt at that time because he had suffered greatly, and the entire nation had gone through a cataclysmic crisis 
because of Pharaoh and his hard heart and his prideful spirit, the same kind of prideful spirit that was in Satan himself. And so God said, speak now in verse two, speak now in the hearing of the people and let every man ask his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver, articles of gold. You see, God was going to send them out spoiling the nation of Egypt who had enslaved them and robbed them for all of these years. Again, let me remind you, God has the final say. You see, it's not the Congress of the United States. It is not the Parliament of Great Britain. It is not the Parliament of Canada. It is not the Supreme Court of the United States. It's not the President of the United States. God Almighty has the last say. And God said he was going to bring them out with a mighty hand and they would come out wealthy and indeed they did. They would spoil the Egyptians. Verse 3, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Now listen to me folks. We need the favor of God upon our lives. And to have the favor of God is inexplicable. No one can put that in a formula because that is from the sovereignty of Almighty God. Nehemiah said it like this, the good hand of our God was upon us. The good hand of God being upon you and being upon me is more important than silver and gold. And God, when he puts his favor on a person, it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter where they go, what profession they're in. When the favor of Almighty God is on someone, they are going to, just like Joseph, wherever they are, they're going to land on their feet serving God. This is the way it is. And so I am so grateful that God's good hand and God's favor has been upon my life. There's no other explanation for how God has worked in my life except that God has let me find favor with people. I mentioned W.A. Criswell. I could just go down the line, uh, Leo Edelman. I could go, uh, I mean, every year, every season of the year, God now for all of these years Almost 47 years, God has had his hand upon my life, and almost always it has nothing to do with something we have done that is good. It is the favor of Almighty God. It is the grace of Almighty God. This is what happened with David. This is what happened with Samuel. We could go, the scriptures, the examples are many in the scriptures of God's favor and God's good hand upon someone. And so God let the people of Israel find favor in the sight of the Egyptians and the people gladly handed over their silver and gold to them. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt. Now he went from a zero to a hero. That's the way that God does it. Moses had great favor and was great in the eyes of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. And then Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt 
and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on the throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall it be like it again. This is a once in a history type of event. It was going to totally decimate the nation of Egypt. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move his tongue That is, no harm is going to come to any Israelite against man or beast that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel, between those who are against God and those who are for God. And all these your servants shall come down to me. And they will bow down to me, saying, Get out, and all the people who follow you, after that I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. When we get into chapter 12, we're going to see that God required that all of the children of Israel would sacrifice, would kill, would slay a lamb, And we'll go into that in the next podcast and the next podcast after that. And we're going to deal with the Passover. We will deal with it in more detail in some of the podcasts that will be coming up this year. But I want you to understand that God said before time that not one Israelite will die. But yet the Israelites had to use the means that God had set up in order to experience that. Now, this is what I've talked to you about before. That is, God knows who's going to be saved, but nobody is saved without repentance and trusting God's Word and trusting the Lamb of God as their sacrifice, trusting Jesus. You see, because when God ordains that something happens, He ordains the means whereby it will come to pass that it will happen. And God said, there's not going to be one lost, but here is what they're going to do. And they did it. And just as God says, not one was lost. Well, that's all the time we have for today. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.